This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, April 4th, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. Though she said she isn't inclined to run for president in 2016, two well-funded super PACs are working to make sure Hillary Clinton doesn't close the door entirely on a presidential run. How these so-called outside groups will impact politics in future years is truly an open question. So says John Samples, director of the Cato Institute Center for Representative Government. We've already seen that the super PAC uh, has taken one form that's, in retrospect, not surprising at all. Super PACs supporting a candidate are both uh, not doing any harm to the candidate, but also not coordinated and controlled because they can't be. So essentially, the political class, in a way, the candidate class, has figured out within the law how to have uh, super PACs that support you, do effective campaigning, but you really don't control. Because the big issue was, you know, they'll go out there and do stuff and it'll cause trouble. This is an, yet another version of the super PAC that's distinguished from the candidate super PAC, as it were. I put that in parens. Um, this is the kind of upstart pack. It gives a place for people who have been working for you and want to support you. They can continue working. They can keep your the possibility of your presidency, of Hillary running in 2016, in the newspapers. They can collect names. They can do some things that are important from people's individual careers. Uh, they are sort of places where you can learn about campaigning. You can not only have a job, but you can do things to support the campaign. In a sense, the candidate super PACs are going to be kind of like the major leagues, and these kinds of super PACs we're seeing here that aren't officially supported are kind of like, well, let's say AAA, right? High minor leagues. People working there can think, in 2015, I could really be on the Hillary ship because I got on here early. I've done some good work for now, that reminds me, though, in the, is a, about a kind of institution that's not discussed in these uh, uh, newspaper stories, which is, and I think will emerge, and I kind of like, which is the third kind of super PAC that's neither candidate-supported nor the kind of minor leagues for the big leagues of super PACs. And that's what I think of as the, outer, the outsider super PAC. The possibility of individuals putting together the money, being unhappy with the leadership, being unhappy with on issues, being unhappy with the leadership on people, candidates, and putting together a super PAC, really, truly independent and all of that, to come up inside the party and make changes, bring different people to bear, different issues to bear. That's the one that's still out there. That's the kind of super PAC that hasn't yet uh, emerge completely. And I think that may be what we see both in 2014 and 2016, that third version. One of the complaints that, uh, that I've read from groups like uh, the Sunlight Foundation uh, and others, are they're saying, well, look, these super PACs, it's just the same old personnel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it speaks to your point that these are fairly professional organizations this time around, Mm -hmm. uh, was part of what was holding them back in the last election cycle, perhaps they didn't know how the law would be applied? Um, A little bit, I think. But, uh, you know, the one big effect on Citizens United was to at least uh, signal to everyone that there was going to be broad support uh, for 
this kind of liberalization, and it was going to be much harder for, say, to choose a random institution, the Federal Election Commission, to crack down on people. So in a sense, in the culture of the society, I really think uh, Justice Roberts and uh, the other four have set it out there that, you know, the presumption is against you. The presumption is really against the censor or the government institution. So there's some of that. Uh, I think right now, the other interesting thing about these kinds of early Hillary uh, super PACs is there is a kind of Hayekian process going on. We don't know exactly what. We know about the candidate PAC. We've seen that now. But what else is out there? That, that's interesting to me. These little things that sort of keep the pot on a boil. But it, you know, the downside of it perhaps for people like you and me and some of the people listening to this uh, who don't like the permanent campaign, don't like ubiquitous politics, this is a real strong signal that there's going to be these institutions all the time, and they're going to be kind of have a grassroots element to them often. But it, do you sense that, I mean, you, you've talked a lot about and a lot of academic work supports the idea that uh, campaigns serve an educational function, mm -hmm. that is uh, an, an insurgent campaign uh, against a longtime incumbent has the likelihood of raising the name ID of the incumbent mm -hmm. in uh, his, his or her own district. But you say permanent campaign, but isn't part of that process just the fact that, well, these groups are going to be in permanent campaign, campaign mode perhaps, but also educating people on issues sure. uh, just around the clock? Sure. Uh, of course, uh, you have to say these are also about subsets of the activist core because it is really true that perhaps 20%, I would guess, of Americans are going to be watching these kinds of issues. After all, these uh, stories about Hillary's, these new PACs, small ones, uh, are really in Politico and the, the kind of uh, professional uh, news sources. So for a period of time, certainly, like the next couple of years, until Hillary actually announces or doesn't, um, they will be the it'll be a more mobilization than trying to convince anyone one way or the other. Ultimately, though, the super PACs we'll see during the campaign will really play that role, and especially for people who don't care too much about politics. What about uh, candidates who maybe aren't uh, feeling like they should run? That is to say, somebody who's who's been who's decided I, I don't want to be involved in politics. What role might super PACs play, if any? in inspiring or proving support for a candidate that uh, otherwise believes that they're just not going to have a chance? Well, I mean, I think the interesting question there, if, if I understand what you're saying, is a candidate could have uh, sort of beyond his or her power, a super PAC could be formed, people that know him or they don't know what he or she's going to do. They go on and raise money. They build lists. They do all the campaigning stuff. Uh, it's still, there's no reason to try to stop them, actually, because ultimately uh, the worst that can happen is that uh, some money will be spent by your donors, but they've given freely. And uh, if there's money left over, you can either give it back or, depending on the rules, you might also be able to use it or direct it to other candidates so that if you don't run for president, you might end up as, oh, I don't know, secretary of the interior or something. Or you might play a role in the next administration, even if outside. So 
it could turn up to be what in Congress is called these leadership packs, where people raise money to give to other members to build their institutional power within Congress. You could see that politically, and even if you didn't want to run, you know, these uh, people acting on your behalf, keep your name recognition up, and they could give you resources for being politically active later. For her part, Hillary Clinton has indicated or said she's not inclined to run in 2016. Of course, we're two years away before she has to make a decision like that. Having this kind of super PAC infrastructure, which is sort of an external infrastructure, if you will, uh, set up around her, does that... I mean, honestly, does that change your calculus in terms of deciding whether to run? No, it keeps things on the boil slightly, but it doesn't uh, without it. It's not as if, you know, there's the greatest fundraiser in the history of the republic is Barack Obama. And number two is, well, the, the Clintons together, let's put it that way. So it's not as if if she waited a couple of years without a super PAC, she's going to have trouble raising money or it, you know, it keeps things a little bit. There's a little bit of discussion, a little bit of buzz going uh, but I think it ultimately comes down to her. I mean, she'll be 69, but 69 is not a limitation. Uh, age is not a limitation, even for a, you know, an eight-year term it wouldn't be. So it de- depends on whether she wants to do it. I, it. It may well depend on whether she's still got, as it were, the fire in the belly, just the desire for it. And not knowing uh, Hillary Clinton, I can't tell you whether she does or not. And she may not know whether she does or not. John Samples is director of the Cato Institute Center for Representative Government. You can read more on election freedom since Citizens United at our website, cato.org.